Nobody understands me, you know that? I fucking bust my ass for you guys, and what do I get? You're spooky. Fuck you, man. Fuck you all. I like it spooky. I mean, I got something to say, you know? What do you think this is all about? You think this is a fucking costume? This is a way of life. Oh, yes. <laughs> hey, what's wrong with you, man? Hi, welcome to the podcast that we do. We're here for a good episode that I've been looking forward to for two years now. Because More I, think, or less. I think we pitched it before we decided not to make a podcast anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we have a very special guest with us today. Hi, I'm Nicole. Yeah, we've got Nicole here and we're talking... I was going to say we're talking music and punk and horror movies. I was like, no, we're just talking one. <laughs> uh, we're going to be talking about Green Room. Talking punk yeah. and, and whatever and music and horror movies vis-a-vis Green Room. Yes. Sure. Yeah, it, that sounds better. <laughs> Green Room is the vehicle. Yes. <laughs> Green Room walked so we could run somehow. Something, something like that. Yeah. But yeah, it's um, a long time coming, so I'm glad that we're actually able to talk about this. Not only did we want to have Nicole back because she's cool and fun and a good friend, uh, we also wanted to have Nicole back because she actually has hopefully a little insight that fits with this uh, movie. Insight that we lack. Yeah, that we lack. <laughs> as as uh, a bunch of uncool people who don't do cool things, we lack it. But you have played in a band, and you know the, the one person guaranteed to be listening to this probably already knows that, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, so um, my band is I Hate Sex, or I guess my old band is I Hate Sex, and we existed from 2015 to 2018, and um, we started as like a local band and just kind of made our way and toured around a lot of the world, so yeah, that's why I'm qualified to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, I remember at one point, because part of part of uh, how, how we, we know each other is, I guess, first off in the podcast because of your uh, film series but you also were involved in uh, my student films that I was making. And I remember we were just talking movies one day, and you'd mentioned something about Green Room, just being like, that could happen. And just like, that movie's fucked up and good. And I'm like, okay, you have to be on to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, what makes Green Room scary is that it's like, it could happen in real life. Like, it's not a far suspension of disbelief for cool. it to happen. So I think it's definitely one of the scariest movies that I've seen. Well, and we also know somebody who's in Oregon right now. And oh, that's true. They, yeah. yeah, so not just from, like, the this could happen to, like, a touring band perspective, but also from the, like, this could believably happen in the wilderness in Oregon. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, here's a... Hoping they don't crash any, like, weird, shitty metalhead punk bars in the middle of the... Imagine they're sticking the, the to the wilds. to the capital city. <laughs> yeah. Probably good. Cool. Just um, still, let's see a lot of. Uh, I, I'm told there are a lot of, um, you know, 
park in a parking lot and oh look another pickup truck with a trump 2020 sticker <laughs> in the year of our lord 2021 uh-huh. <laughs> yeah they're just like ah well i put it on there what am i gonna do take it off yeah, Jeez. Trump 2020 is a lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. Uh, kind of like wishing for that polydactyly so you can get Trump on one knuckles and 2020 on the others. <laughs> Nothing but respect for my president. <laughs> Just stick his hand in toxic waste being like, come on, extra finger. Um, yeah, so I guess shall we start with the plot? Let's do it. All right, so the plot of Green Room is a band of four is on tour and... Um, they have a show booked, but it fall it falls through. So very common. They talk to some people in the scene, and they get a new show hooked up. They don't know where it is. They just have the address and like a pretty much like a handshake. Like this will be good, and you'll make some money. So they end up going to the venue and um, discover that they're playing at a Nazi club. They make some choices, and they end up locked in the green room, where they have to try and survive um, a bunch of neo Nazi punks who want to kill them. Yeah, that, that's a pretty concise movie and, mm-hmm. and a pretty straightforward. Uh, that's actually kind of what I love about it is it doesn't like try to be really twisty and like, uh, haha, look how clever we're being. It just has a premise and commits. Exactly. Yeah, not enough movies do that. I also like that it doesn't go too hard into the like, here's why Nazis are bad. It's just like, Nazis are bad. They're yeah. the bad guys. We're going to fuck them up. And yeah. I, I, I there know, you go. I know you hate it when you watch movies where they talk about how Nazis are bad. And you're like, they're not that bad. No, what I mean is, again, with the lack of suspension of disbelief, we can just go and be like, oh, yes, I know that Nazis yeah. are bad. Yeah. You're not yes. explaining like, well, you know, I mean, in the punk scene, maybe they served. Like, there's none of that. They're just like, fuck these guys. Just in case the sarcasm doesn't come across. We don't I, like I don't, Nazis. I don't think any of us are Nazi sympathizers. <laughs> <No>. So, yeah. <laughs> I did wonder, though, if people realized that they were Nazis when watching the movie. Like, I was mm. talking to my partner, Ross, earlier, and he was saying the first time he watched it, he didn't realize that they were Nazis until, like, almost the end of the movie. And he was like, oh, okay, that's what's going on. Because it's like, if you're not really familiar with, like, skinhead culture, you might right. miss that, and you might just think they're all punks. Yeah. Well, I guess they are all punks, but, you know, different subgenres of punks. Yeah. Because I, I think there's a ton of background details that make it fairly, fairly explicit, but it is in the background. No one says, like, oh, look at these Nazis. Or, or it's like, oh, yeah. man, if only Hitler was here. Like, that never happens in the movie. Well, the most I can think of is when the guy in the city is, like, warning that he's yeah. like, oh, there's a lot of, like, I don't remember what terminology he uses. Yeah, boots and braces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and they're like, oh, yeah, they get that at every show. He's like, uh, yeah, but there's going to be, like, a lot of them. Yeah. <laughs> And then, yeah. The, yeah, the other background detail I can think of is, like, the attack dogs and all the German yes. commands. But, I mean, like, it, stuff, it's visually yeah. there. Like, it, the green room's plastered with, like, white power stickers and, For like, sure. Iron Cross and But stuff. then I guess, yeah, it's more broadly white supremacist yeah. and neo-Nazi, That's not true. specifically, like, SS, like, World War II reenactors th- or something. I, th- I think some of that is in the, the um, graffiti and stuff. But, I mean, is Ross well-versed in the sort of punk scene at all, or? No, no? he okay, so, is, like, yeah. a punk virgin like i think i'm the closest to punk he's ever been okay (laughs) perfect perfect um okay that's fair enough because i was pretty familiar with like skinheads and like sharps and then actual like nazi bands like you know shitty bands that no one cares for but yeah i guess just to, to rewind a little bit just to go to the beginning of the movie you, you mentioned how, like, the, their gig falls through and they're sort of, like, couch surfing with the promoter. Uh, the promoter, who's a guy who has, like, a college radio thing between his, like, grocery job or whatever he does. Any familiarity there, like, with uh, gigs going that way? 
Yeah, that happens so often, especially when you're on tour, because a lot of the times you're booking with people that you, like, don't know, and you're just putting your, like, blind faith in them that they're going to hook it up for you because of, like, whatever reason. So a couple of times, like, I've been in Vancouver, and the show's fallen through, and, like, you just kind of, like, you really try your best to, like, fill that up, because, like, a lot of the times, like, this is your vacation, like, you're not doing it to make money, you're taking time off work, and you know, you just are there to play, so you're going to want to play wherever you can. So that's why, so I feel like this would be so, like, relatable, because it's just, like, yeah, that would definitely have happened. Yeah, okay, okay, cool, because I I think the director, the writer-director, Jeremy Saulnier, has talked about how this movie was drawing, like, on growing up in that culture kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I can't remember if it was straight up him in a band or, like, a close friend that, like, literally had that burrito restaurant at 11 a.m. gig <laughs> and so that's like that's why that stuff was in there so yeah it's interesting to hear that it's widespread that's for sure oh yeah and um there's the imagery of the the tour van sort of going on uh, and it seems like that's almost iconic at this point that like living out of the van did you ever have to do any of the van touring around or yeah like when we toured in japan we were there for think like 16 days and most of which we were like on tour and we had rented a van and our like promoter guy he was the driver so like our band of four was crammed in there with a another band of five and they were all huge Swedish men so like (laughs) yeah that's it's definitely like that like it's dirty it's disgusting it smells like you have this much of your own personal space and that's it and right yeah you have to really enjoy it i imagine to to be willing to do the (laughs) the part of it but like being able to like buy your own band and like deck it out seems pretty nice which seems like they did in green room yeah 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 seems like that's pretty much other than their instruments and the van that was all they really had with the uh going around stealing the gas like siphoning the gas off in parking lots which becomes a uh, plot point later Mm -hmm. yeah and like they're obviously very dedicated to their music because like they've clearly given it all up to you know play in a punk band and travel around the states so it also shows like why they're so kind of like desperate to play at this venue as well as like really just like fight for everything instead of just saying oh you know what like i'm gonna go home to my nine to five now yeah yeah makes sense uh one thing that i i found interesting going off you mentioned that they're very dedicated to their their band even though it really seems to be you know barely scraping by in order to do it is the interview they have with the the radio host guy who's recording the, the interview who's also providing them with the gig He's talking about how they're not online, about how they don't do any traditional kind of uh, releases, and they're just like, oh yeah, we just do vinyl, and then, you know, we'll do like five vinyls, then kill ourselves, or like some like real punk-ass shit. Is that a common mentality, as far as like bands you come across, or? Oh no, I think like these days it just like doesn't exist at all. Like I think the first thing bands do now, it's like, they have their first band practice and then make an Instagram account. So yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And claim their name on every social. Well, media. I mean, I have yeah. a band. Ca- I have two Bandcamp accounts, and I've not ever released an MP3. <laughs> <laughs> I have like one finished MP3, and I've not one put day. it up. Okay, okay. Uh, how how did you go about releasing your music? Because um, this was not super long ago, but still a few years ago, right? Yeah, yeah totally. I feel like we were just like kind of on the cu- cusp of like old like 
I don't know, not like old music, but like kind of the old era of how you promote music versus like the new era of how you right. promote music. So it's definitely interesting. Like, like I was just like, I wanted to be like a Mohawk punk when I was a teenager. Right. So like, that's still like very, it was like very ingrained to me. Like, it's just the most DIY shit ever. Like, even yeah. though I realized after that, it, I didn't have to be like that. Mm-hmm. It was just like, no, that's the way it has to be done. So yeah, I can't really remember like how we released music it all kind of went so fast i think we did a tape first um oh yeah we recorded our album after practicing for a while um with this guy out of a studio just because he had a deal for like local bands so i think we paid him like three hundred dollars to record our album when he oh, would cool. have normally charged like three thousand oh, wow. oh, so shit, yeah it was like yeah. it, that was pretty sick shout out to doug organ and then yeah just like really working with other people in the community to put the music out so like putting out tapes because they're cheap mm-hmm. and then eventually like doing vinyl because that was like the cool thing to do yeah. before there was not like global supply yeah. chain issues and vinyl backup for <laughs> gotta like, have that new adele <laughs> i know <laughs> gotta get it which is actually kind of sad like the more i think about it because so many bands just like yeah can't like are they gonna put out a cd now like yeah, because uh, I, I buy vinyl or digital right now pretty much because uh, I collect too much shit. It was just like, you know, it was like, okay, I could I could put my books on a shelf, my Blu-rays on a shelf, or my CDs <laughs> on a shelf. I don't have enough shelves for all of it, so. But it's interesting you mentioned doing tape first because it's come back around that, like, if you have some of those, you could probably make a mint off of those. Yeah. Just be like, because I guess cassette culture is huge again. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think with, like, cassette culture, it's... um. Like, bands can put it out for cheap, and they can also sell it for, like, mm. really cheap at a show. So even if you're not planning on, like, ever listening to it, you still will buy their tape to, like, support them. Right. Whereas, like, I don't know, you might not necessarily, like, buy their LP because, like, it's going to take up a slot in your record shelf, and it's yeah. $27, so. That's a good point, because we did a lot of our concert watching in Europe, didn't we? And, you know, I didn't buy records of any of the bands we saw, even though I would have loved to, because... How am I gonna get them home? Yeah, the transportation. Uh, but they had tapes, yeah. So I'd buy shirts and tape, or if they had tapes, I'd buy tapes. But oh well, that's how it goes. Uh, but I'm obsessed with CDs now. I've been like, yeah. I, I want CDs all the time because, like, I don't know. I can play them in my car. I can play them on like my PS One. Like, oh, okay, cool, cool. <laughs> like you said, it all comes back around. I have my little discman around somewhere. Ah, uh, yes, Marty discman. You can get, like, CD players that, like, stick to the wall now, though, because, Ooh. like, it's becoming trendy again. Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I hope that it keeps going, like, it just keeps doing round and round, so then it's going to eventually be, like, Vitrola again, <laughs> or going to get back into 8-tracks yeah, like, and stuff. laser discs. Yeah, how fucked up is that? I never grew up when 8-tracks were a thing. <laughs> I grew up in CDs, yet I have an 8-track player and not a CD player. <laughs> I think I, I think we bought it specifically it as a for, set dresser. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you've mm-hmm. used it know if it works <laughs> oh well oh yeah i released music online too right that's my last comment <laughs> last comment but yeah so they do get another show as, as you mentioned and it is with an unsavory crowd have you played shows to many unsavory crowds or no fortunately at least when i was playing music like the right-wing nazi neo-nazi scene wasn't too big anywhere oh, that's good. at least not that I noticed. I was also, like, pretty young and pretty, like, what's it, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. So yeah. <laughs> I might have just, like, not noticed, but, yeah. 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 A little aloof to those details. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think uh, my 
foray into like punk shows and, and mosh pit and stuff was sort of between the rise of the so-called like alt-right and stuff but yeah so they go to this uh it what it's like a compound almost yeah. like I, I think like um you hear about like what were they called those guys in Michigan, those, like, Yalkata or whatever, as they call them, like, the fucking, like, <laughs> compound in the woods where they're just, like, serious business. Just militia yeah. things. Well, actually, it looks like some, like, bad car boot sale at first, and then you're like, oh, there's a lot of skinheads at this, at this like, mud lot. Oh, and they have a bunker or two. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, like, it's, like, they're, like, clubhouse, but so far away because, like, nobody likes Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and someone makes a comment, it always gets a chuckle out of me, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, where it's just, like, they're talking about, like, the politics, and he's just like, very right-wing, or ultra-left. Technically ultra-left, <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. And that just reminds me of the talking point you, you'll hear, where, like, some, like, very conservative people are like, um, the Nazis are socialists, national It was socialism. right in their name. Yeah. And it's like, yes, that, 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 yeah, 100%, you got it. <laughs> But that's kind of where the movie kicks off, is they, they go to the bunker, and then one of my favorite scenes that, like, you know, I was just... Did we see this in the theater? No. Fuck. I wish I saw it in the theater. Yeah, that'd be um, dope. Either way, when we did see it, like, one of my favorite scenes was when um, Yelchin, Yelchin, yeah, it's just like, hey, I've got a really stupid idea. <laughs> and then um, they play a cover of Nazi Punk's Fuck Off, and it's great. I... I actually did get to see uh, Jello Biafra in concert, and it was with a different band, but half the set list was Dead Kennedys songs, and I'm pretty sure they played that one, so nice. that was fun. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe I'll tell my, like, kind of story that I yeah, have here, because okay. it really goes with that. Okay. And yes, I think what made me not do it was thinking about Green Room, but we were playing this show in Vancouver, and there's, like, this hardcore gang, and there's also this, like, neo-Nazi gang, and they're both named FSU. So, oh, okay. like, the hardcore gang, I think, stands for Friends Stand United, and they're supposed to, like, fight against Nazis, but I don't know. I, th- I think from the 80s and 90s to, like, what they kind of co-opted now, it was just, like, a bunch of macho dudes who wanted to, like, hang out with each other and, like, throw people around in the pit and yeah. smash chains around. So, um, we were playing a show at this venue, and I'm honestly, I might have some facts wrong, so, like... Grain of salt. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so we were playing at this venue, and it was, like, owned by, like, some FSU guys, which is, like, the hardcore gang, maybe not the neo-Nazi gang, not entirely sure. And um, there's this Dangers song, and are you guys, like, familiar with Dangers? No. Mm -mm. Okay, they're probably, like, my favorite, like, early, like, hardcore kind of punk band. Dangers, where where are they out of? They're from L.A. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so Dangerous has a song, and it's on their self-titled EP, and it's called Neo-Nazis, and then brackets, stop fucking shit up. So, like, stop. F-S-F-U. Yeah, F-S-U. So, like, we knew that we were going to play there, and I, we were, like, you know, young and really stupid, and, like, definitely couldn't have fought these guys, but uh, we decided that, like, we were going to cover that song and play it there in front of the stage. We were, like, down till the very last second. It was up at that time, like, at the set list, and I was just quickly, like, guys, we're cutting this song. Like, we can't. Like, we we just can't do it. So I thank Green Room for saving my life. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah, that could be terrifying. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't think anything would have really happened to us, except maybe they might have, like, thrown a beer at me, but (laughs) you never know. I don't want that, though, either. So as scary as Nazis are, that's the the show itself isn't really the part where the horror comes out. Yeah. It's more when 
we find out what's happening behind the scenes that the band wasn't aware of. Um, I think the... I don't remember her name, but the one played by Aaliyah Shaw cat forgets oh. her phone in the green room and um, goes back to get it. And when she goes to unplug it... Well, no... Um, oh, no, Anton Yelchin. That's right. Sorry, I think she forgot her phone, but he's like, oh, I'll grab it. And goes in and... Uh, there's some scared looking people and there's a woman on the ground with a knife in her head. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, uh, the big guy guiding them around like, I told you not to fucking go back there. That's such a fucking like modern problem. It's like, oh, my phone is charging. It's just like, right. and now we're all fucked because <laughs> all these kids tethered to their phones. Yeah. <laughs> Never talking to one another. Maybe if they went outside and touched grass more. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, at the beginning, they're like, pull, well, not pulled over. They're like crashed on the side of the road. Yeah, crashed. And some very tall field. grass. Yeah. And corn. But we'll say grass. Sure. <laughs> it's <laughs> some plant life. Yeah. But yeah, this movie really does a good job of just like kicking it from yeah. like zero to 60 immediately. I don't know. I, I love the movie right off the bat because of like the genre and like what it's uh, like the, the whole punk aesthetic and stuff. I, I eat that stuff up. But at this point, it was just like, I don't think I've seen a modern movie in a while that it was like that tense consistently. And so that was that was really fun. And it wasn't even like a building tension. Necessarily. Like, I mean, there's there's maybe a little bit of like background yeah. stuff where you're like, mm, Nazis, I guess that's kind of tense, yeah. kind of awkward, kind of uncomfortable. But dialing it up from like a like, you know, a baseline little two to like 15 <laughs> all of a sudden yeah. with one shot of, oh, there's a knife in her head and she's dead. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't know what the fuck happened, but all of a sudden we're implicated in this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, suddenly they're not in trouble for, you know, playing this, or covering the song, but because they're now, like, witnessing a yeah. murder. And we'll definitely tell somebody about it. Just like, oh, piss. I saw it. And, you <laughs> I just know, came I here to it. get my phone. Damn. Yes, like, I, I do not see it. <laughs> He almost gets away with that, too, because he's just like, don't mind me, as he's yeah. just going for his phone, and he's almost out, <laughs> he's just like, oops. Uh. <laughs> That would have been a moment if he just said, don't mind me, and turned around and just left without yeah, watching. He gets in the van, yeah. and the other people are just like, oh, <laughs> movie's <laughs> over. Real short movie that maybe we wouldn't case be bothering to talk about. Lightness just foils it. Yeah. Um, thrillers, though, like, you watch a lot of thrillers, right? Yeah, I'd say yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how about them thrillers? How about them thrillers? Hello, fellow movie watchers. Uh, what do you make of this one, as far as, like cinematically oh i think like they do everything right like they pull all the strings to like have you guessing and like also you have in your mind that you know what's going to happen in a way that it's just terrifying because it's like there's really now only two ways out and that's either you die or they die yeah so i think it's just very like you know what's going to happen based on that but you don't know what side's gonna win right yeah it's funny because they seem to really accept that pretty quickly like it's like they they lock themselves in and then it's immediately like we're fucked but it's funny how much the uh pretense of there is a way out of this like they're clinging to even though like they they just even say like we're fucked kind of thing yeah i actually really like this about this movie and it's what sort of um sets it apart from a lot of other ones is not only that where you know the writing's on the wall and people are actually clear enough of mind to see it for the most part but then also you know, you hear people complain about, it's like, oh, I, I hate how in, like, horror movies, characters make, like, stupid decisions and all that stuff, and it's like, these people do some really dumb things, but it doesn't come across as bad writing, it comes across as they're in over their head. 
It's like, what a, what a, yeah. like, if I was in that situation, I probably wouldn't have lasted as long as they did, so. Yeah, that's so yeah. true. Well, yeah, not to get all, like, I have a psych degree on this. <laughs> Please, we, we love to do that here, get all. But, like, yeah, when you're in a situation like that and you're in survival mode, your frontal lobe and you're, like, free frontal, pre- Free parental, sure. Prefrontal cortex. Kind of, I wouldn't say it goes offline, but blood flow is directed elsewhere to get you out of there as fast right. as possible. So yeah. the, as far as like you know, executive decision making and stuff isn't yeah. gonna be at its peak. So I guess that's maybe the excuse for like why people do stupid shit yeah. in these movies. But a lot of the time, it is just like yeah. dumb writing. Yeah. Whereas in this case, I'd say it's a lot more believable. Yeah, and uh, well, I think he's even said that like. This movie and his movies before that um, were specifically almost like classes, like a trilogy of movie of people in way over their head trying to do something that it's just like they are not qualified for. And it's great because I've worked with so many people that would try to do things they were not qualified for. So it's nice to see that in a horror movie. It's called innovation. <laughs> oh, right. It's called yeah. failing upwards. You yes. fake it until you make it, but... Yeah. You don't make it. <laughs> yeah. Not everyone makes it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because because I love when they do something that's clever. They they are like, oh, that's great thinking, and then like they'll do something that's just not a good idea and face the consequences for it. Um, really helped that the cast was really good too. Mm-hmm. Like they they did a good job, and because I'm thinking like I haven't seen Blue Ruin, but I've seen Murder Party, and that's like a <laughs> very different kind of movie. It's uh it's one of those things where um. You know, different movies, it's almost impossible to compare them, but it's, yeah. like, it's actually kind of wild because the, like, really friendly Nazi who's just, like, trying to be chill and be a, a do-gooder was in Murder Party, and it's just, like, plays very different characters in both. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think in that one, like, what, he get, like sets his own head on fire because he's drunk or something like that. I don't even remember that movie very well. I think he's the well. dude with, like, the werewolf mask who's oh, just, okay. like, goes over a smoke with, like, that, like, <laughs> rubber. Yeah, I forgot that I watched that movie until the other day someone was talking about how Jeremy has a new film coming out, oh, yeah. which is kind of exciting. So. Oh, cool. And then they were talking about Murder Party, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember, like, watching watching that one day like I have little flashes of it yeah <laughs> yeah that, that dude's also doing the uh, Toxic Avenger remake with uh with uh Peter Dinklage and it's less like that's inspired <laughs> you know that's a great word choice that's like perfect it's very uh, inspired you know. yeah. fake it till you make it yeah I'm into it well I guess like yeah what happens so like they are trapped in a room with two one two not two two club members yes. and uh, one murdered girl and yeah they're trying to kind of like reason their way out of the room yeah. using like the other neo-nazis as like bargaining material so they yeah. like kind of have him hostage in a way um, but then I don't remember why that doesn't work out well he, he's got him in the, the leg lock because the one dude like does taekwondo or, or, or judo I can't remember what they say he does but mm-hmm. he like specific. he's the guy who almost like beats the shit out of the dude for failing the gig on them and, like, he, he has the moves. And so he's just got the guy in that, like, headlock. And, um... They have the gun. They have the gun. Yeah, okay, what happens is they're just, like, uh... They're, you know, Patrick Stewart has showed up at this point. And it's great. I love that he was in this. And he's, like, spinning these yarns that just, like... I don't even think they buy them and all that stuff. Where it's just, like, we just want to get the gun out of the picture. It's, oh, yeah. you know, it's not registered and all that. <laughs> um, and so they agree to give him the gun if they can keep the bullets 
And uh, as they're doing that, um, the Nazi who's on their side... um, She's not a Nazi. It's just she grew up under circumstances where there's a lot of non-whites after her. Oh, yeah. So it's it's totally different. She took minor threat really to heart it was just like yes <laughs> but yeah she's she's looking through the vent and sees the red laces and it's like yeah. they're killing us yeah and um and that's immigrant poots right yeah 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 that part's fucking brutal like his arm all cut up that yeah. movie is brutal Yucky. there's not like it's not like wall-to-wall violence but the stuff they do they go it has way it feels nasty yeah and i think that's they, they use uh, it i'd say like I don't know if sparingly is the right... They, they use it very intentionally. Yeah. They're discerning with their, their use of it, I but, would say. But I think that's, that's... Which makes it powerful. That's kind of... And I think that's the best way to go, where, um, you know, they don't dilute it. It's yeah. just like, yeah, it's violence. It's horrible. Yeah, it's it should, super it violent, should... but it, I would never call this, like, a splatter flick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it all has weight to it. Because, you know, if they went, like, full Evil Dead with it and all yeah. that, it'd be like... Oh, cool! He just punched a Nazi's head off, and a blood geyser shot everywhere. It's like, okay, that's a different movie altogether. Yeah, totally different tone. Um, but yeah, as they're they're doing that, the guy who's in the headlock starts attacking them, and um, I love the part when they're trying to put him out with the sleeper hold. He just got in the chokehold, <laughs> and he just like goes out, then comes to again, and then goes out and comes to. Like how do how long does it take? Yeah, <laughs> Jen Poots just like. Oh, that guts him gross, and is like yeah. there. He's dead. Yeah. <laughs> but like that. That's, a, I think, a great example of where this movie feels a little more realistic, too, where it's just yeah. like, oh, I can just choke him out. And then it's like, oh. Well, I can just cut him up. It didn't work. And, like, we're laughing about this, but yeah. it's an incredibly uncomfortable. It's, yeah, it's very I think that's why we're laughing, yeah. is because you're just watching it, you're, like, your skin's crawling. But, like, I, I get the, the logic, too, where it's like, you see all those action movies, and it's like, yeah, knock him out. Great. And then it's just like, oh, that doesn't work? <laughs> it, it, it depends, because there, yeah. are, there are, like, you know random like MMA enthusiasts who have like accidentally killed their buddies yeah. in a chokehold by cutting off blood supply yeah. to their brain. But I'm doing like you know like the, the sort of like James Bond thing where it's just like yeah. uh, karate chop to the back of the head yeah. and he's out for the convenience oh, but, but of But as, as far as the as yeah. the chokehold he's doing like that should if yeah. done right it would What's not the yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a reason it's it's called that. Yeah. Uh and shit just goes off the rails from there and I I I, I, I feel it's very punk of them to just straight up be like well, we're going for it. We won't all make it, but I just want to fucking find out. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, hell yeah. You're the real ones. You're not posers. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely not posers. <laughs> but I love that part when they reveal their real Desert Island bands, and it turns out they all are at least musically posers. Or it's just like, well, they're saying stuff like uh, like Chrome Eggs and stuff. It's like, actually, I meant Simon and Garfunkel and, and Prince. Yeah. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah, big respect. <laughs> They contain multitudes. Yeah. And I kind of love the the sort of turn towards the end with the, the way they actually get out of it is to just go fucking crazy. Go like just, just like literally, it's like, let's just do nonsense shit and fuck with their heads. And it plays out really well. That's probably a little bit of suspension of disbelief because it's like they, or at least you just had to accept they got very lucky and that it yeah. worked. But, I mean, it's worth it just for, like, I'm Odin himself, and he just, like, jumps <laughs> into the cellar with all the war well, paint. It, it's a sen- spending disbelief, like, yes and no. Like, okay, this is a reference that is going to, like, I, I acknowledge that it, it, it's sketchy at best. But um, I remember being, I can't remember if it was, like, just at a high, whenever that Malcolm Gladwell book, the, like, David and Goliath, came out. And, okay, well, anyway, yeah. he's, he's, uh, 
I'm not promoting him. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying that just like I remember seeing how interviews. Last time you weren't promoting uh, Antichrist, and then our friends I'm, watched I was Antichrist. I was and promoting like, I Antichrist a lot more than I would ever promote Malcolm Gladwell. Okay. Anyway, um, and talking about how this like you know, there's all these like underdog stories, and quite often. And whether that is the you know the David versus Goliath yeah. or you know these tiny armies that absolutely destroyed these huge armies right. throughout history and things, and how when you have the odds stacked against you, that like forces creative solutions yes. and how that forces you to innovate and basically like do shit that they don't expect. Because Which, if you go by the yeah. playbook, of course they're gonna win. Yeah. But if you can find a way to yeah, yeah. go ape shit and just let, they won't even know what hit them, then you actually stand Which a chance. Is what happens yeah, in the movie? Exactly. I'm more suspicious of disbelief. I guess that's not even the right phrase. Or just more like you have to accept they got really fucking lucky. Absolutely. Kind of oh yeah. When like, you're against plan, a well-armed, like yeah. organized militia, and it, you're a couple of guys who are like yeah. have like two bucks to your name, yeah, <laughs> just like it, your, your band equipment. It felt like their plan was a lot of like. Like, the things they set up to, to pull it off lined up perfectly to happen yes, kind of thing. And absolutely. Yeah, like, it, it wasn't so far-fetched that, like, it took me out of the movie or anything, but mm. I got very lucky. Just like, damn, yeah. And, I mean, you know, he says it best at the end after they fucking blow his head off where he's, like, flabbergasted, that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I need more fingers so I can hit that as knuckle tattoos. <laughs> you have a lot of plans for knuckle tattoos. Yeah, yeah, it's, you know, like, when we get, get like, all the... <laughs> yeah, when, like, the, the, the cybernetic implants happen, I'm just getting so many fingers. Just, no, what you can do is just just get, like, LED screens, like, put in each knuckle, and then you can it's just, just change it's it. It's just a scrolling thing, like, the ticker at a sports <laughs> you game. You have kind as of many thing. characters just as you go want. go mad, send in, like, fireworks <laughs> on my knuckles. I love it. You probably don't even need, like, implants. Just get, like, some kind of blinged out, like, knuckle ring thing that you can just, like, wear. Oh, I mean, yeah, but... I mean, implants would be cooler, but... It yeah. depends how badly you want it and how soon you want it. That's true. Um, I was just thinking about, like, the plot, and I was like, yeah, it's actually, like, pretty extreme that they, like, wanted to kill them because they, like, saw that, but they yeah. want to kill them because they saw a murder, but also because if the murder's investigated, they will find their, like, huge underground, yeah. like, drug meth bunker. Yeah. So I think that's, like, the main motivation for, like, yeah. the clubhouse and trying to get rid of them is not... Like, not because they played, like, yeah. Nazis fuck off. What's the song? Uh, Nazi punks, punks fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that's a good point. And, um... Because, yeah, it's a little, like... You're sort of thrown into the mix of it just like the main characters are. And it's these, uh... As, like, we were just talking about on that last point, you know, these very disorganized, they don't know what's going on versus, like, this tightly regimented thing. And, yeah, it's... It does seem excessive of a reaction until you find out why i mean you know when it's just like all right get some get some money from our like books we have to keep the books to like pay two dudes to like do a stabbing out front so the cops can arrest them and it's just like shit that's hard well and then there's also um they find when they realize that the two people are going to leave yeah and they open up the trunk and they find that base that bat whatever was some kind of murder weapon that was supposed to have been disappeared after whatever happened and so had this not all gone down then this would have presumably taken them down yeah yeah which is sort of what had set off the initial murder right yeah he because the the guys the cousin was leaving and he was taking the, the girl who got stabbed with him yeah, they were they were running away, and uh, to make sure that they could stay away, they were gonna fuck everyone else over. Right. Yeah, and it was almost it was almost like uh, they realized they were trying to leave, and that's how the murder happened. But yeah. it was 
like almost fortuitous for them that everything got so supremely well, they, they fucked knew, that it saved them. Yeah, yeah, the guy the guy who killed her, like yeah. knew she was leaving, he didn't know who she was yeah. leaving with or who she was leaving for. Yeah. That's a very fatalistic movie. Like yeah. the way everything <laughs> plays out. I kinda like that. You know. Did you have anything you wanted to say on the ending either of you? It's good. It's a good ending. Yeah. It is a great ending. I, I appreciate yeah. the like the ambivalence that comes when you combine the two surviving characters. Like one of the where one of them's like I thought we were just gonna like escape, and she's like, well, "Why not create a new crime scene?" Yeah. And so you have kind of either end and of the stakes are quite different for both of them because mm-hmm. you know, like she's so much more connected that there's probably you know a lot more impetus for her to finish this because yeah. like they can come whereas back he just after her. If he disappears, at least from what like DC or yeah, something, like they don't so... even really know who these guys are, right? Yeah. So like he, he could too. probably disappear home. safely, whereas she not doesn't so much. have that option. Yeah. Yeah. Plus the vengeance is nice. Exactly. And I, I love, one of my favorite details at this little ending is like, you know, the, the, the Nazi people are like so meticulous and they have every single detail planned. And then when they're setting up the crime scene, he's just like, yeah, you fucked that up. Yeah, you're doing yeah, that just wrong. Like You've the, clearly never done this before. The gas yeah, siphoning. It's just like, yeah, this is, this is amateur hour. <laughs> it's a nice turning of the tables. <laughs> it is. And I also just love uh, how they would say things that like, you know, in another movie we'd all be thinking where it's just like, you know, they're, they're like, telling the guys, like, you, like this is the worst night of our lives. And he's just like, for both of us. And then she's just, like, telling it that's the last thing he ever fucking says. And I was just like, thank you. <laughs> Some self-righteous shit. <laughs> oh, fuck. The bad guys on this were so chilling. And, mm. uh, yeah. And I, I think, as they point out, it's when there's the ambiguity, it's even worse. And then, like, you know, as it falls, uh, you know, like, we get the more details, they... It makes more sense who they are and it makes it less you know more actionable less scary and all that mm-hmm. that's a great ending mm-hmm. it's a great movie yeah your fans this movie like just really draws a lot from like obviously like punk culture but just yeah. like the whole kind of like ecosystem of that which i think is yeah. interesting um, that's something we were going to talk about was uh i guess you know the whole like punk and music film thing and yeah it sounds fun cool um because, yeah, I love punk horror movies a lot, and this one's a great one, but I think actually the first horror movie I saw that was just, like, straight-up marketed as a horror movie, even though it's kind of a comedy, was uh, Return of the Living Dead. So, like, that's been there early, and that was the first punk CD I bought was a soundtrack of that, so, you know, like, the... It's weird. Horror and punk are so ingrained and together for me, but I don't like horror punk. It's just, like, <laughs> it just feels so cheesy. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like they, they mention the Misfits a lot in this, and it's just, like... Yeah, I can fuck with them slightly, but at a certain point, you know, it's just, maybe it's more the mystique of dancing that has is, is come across <laughs> after this. Makes because sense. I definitely heard, like, that, like, song before I ever heard any misfits. And, uh... Yeah, dancing just kind of poisons the well. <laughs> yeah. Hey, now, he's he's up and coming with his vampire cowboy movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, kind of excited to see it. Oh, I'm gonna watch it. Uh, did you see Veronica? No. Oh, I haven't seen it either, but it looks like a mess, and I kind of want to see it for that <laughs> Didn't reason. Didn't it get, like, a really nice Arrow release or something? Someone did, like, a crazy release of it. I don't remember yeah. who. Um, That's generous. Yeah, yeah, like, three-disc kind of, like, yeah. thing. You know, like, if, if you get, like, this, the golden ticket, Danzig comes to your house and just, like, croons you. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Danzig, one of my favorite things I have is the comic Glenn and Danzig Forever. Or Glenn, Glenn and Henry for, Henry and Glenn Forever, something like that. Yeah. yeah. He was not happy about that. Just why you love it so much. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
And that's where we get into the uh, queer horror cult part of it with comics like that. Yes. <laughs> um, Full circle. But, yeah, so it sounds like you grew up with a lot of the, the punk stuff. Also, like you mentioned, like, just sort of, like, being really into, like, the image of, of that. Yeah, I think part. a lot of it is just, like, I grew up listening to, like, my dad played the Ramones and stuff all the time. Nice, and, like, yeah. I think, like, my first CD was Avril Lavigne, Simple Plan, and Fall Out Boy. So, like, I definitely was kind of more that era, but as I kind of, like grew up and had access to the internet I got really into just like shitty shitty punk music and just like wanted to be the crustiest punk that existed I thought that was so cool so yeah I don't know I spent a lot of time like just really looking that up like researching it and I don't even think I like punk music honestly like at this point (laughs) I, I, I couldn't listen to it but yeah, I think it's just a lot of aesthetic and mm-hmm. kind of, like, I kind of spoke on, like, DIY earlier, and I think that's really where I'm yeah. rooted in kind of the idea of punk. and Yeah. Yeah. How about you? My first CD was also Avril Lavigne's Let It Go. Yes, yes. Because I, I guess um, you're both of similar age, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. close, I think. Um, yeah, so, I guess, yeah, when you were in high school, it was sort of turning into the uh, no, it's like junior ta- high? Yeah, I would say, I, Avril, like, Skater Boy was, I was in, like, grade four, I think, when that oh, was a wow. hit. Yeah. So. I know that that stuff was sort of coming up in high school when uh, I just, oh, okay. I was just so checked out. Yeah, this is, yeah, this is, you're gonna get so much <laughs> punk cred in a second. I didn't listen to music for years at all, and at one point in my life, I definitely said the phrase, I don't get why people listen to music. It doesn't make sense. I think I probably did, too, yeah. until yeah. I was about, and then, like, and then 12. I, I, like, major switch flipped right now, but then I was that loser who listened to, um... Video games, soundtracks, and The Doors. Those were the two CDs I, mean, I had I mean, I high listened school. to, like, Cirque du Soleil yeah. soundtracks. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Punk came for me when I was an adult, so I'm the ultimate poser. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, uh, I love it in that sort of, like... Not, I, ironic isn't the right word, but, like, it's that sort of attachment of when I was into it kind of thing. Like, a lot Nostalgia? of the bands that I really love... Sort of, yeah. But not in that, like... Yeah. Self. Not not in the rose colored glasses because I think I saw it for being crap as it sure. was too then. But <laughs> it's the kind of thing that like a lot of the bands that I would probably even say I still like, if I had heard them for the first time today, I probably would have just kept going okay. sort of thing. But the one the one I really liked is uh, that book. Our band could be your life, where they cover a lot of bands that you know. There's I mean there's Minor Threat and uh, Black Flag in there, which are pretty punk kind of yeah. things. Uh, but a lot of them are sort of like the marginal cases, like um, Dinosaur Jr. and Big Black and stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, there's punk elements to it. And that's where I like, because I, I, I like the DIY too, and I love reading those stories, and I love aspects of it. But you can only hear the same like Green Day riffs so many times before. <laughs> it's just like, got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm trying to think, because I, I, I don't know that I was ever, at least as a teenager, really into punk. Like, I think I was of that age more when like, emo and scene was a thing and I think Mm -hmm. I gravitated more towards that and then in addition to that there was this whole like weird gatekeepy like well they just want to be punks and they're not and if you like that shit you suck and I was like I guess uh okay I'll I'll, I'll stay away from you then (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't until um probably yeah like 18 19 20 yeah that I you know like oh riot girl that's kind of cool and like stuff like that so 
Yeah, I guess when I was in sort of junior high and high school, it was like in high school is when emo was sort of becoming a thing, but it was more pop punk was the yeah. thing. Like the like grunge Which was isn't even real over. punk, that's like poser yeah. shit, so yeah. <laughs> which I like kinda like, so I was like, okay. I was never really a I don't want to be called a poser, so I'm gonna pretend you don't never. exist. <laughs> I, I get I get so tired at a certain point of just like it's a lot of work to to, to be Self-righteous with the, yeah. with the tastes. You know? I don't know. It's I just... mean, I was a thirteen-year-old like my Chemical Romance stand. So, oh, like, like, no, when, yeah, I, when I was like, 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 yeah, when I was younger, absolutely, <laughs> just like, oh, Green Day. Oh, how dare they? And it's just like, okay, whatever. What a friend. And, and then my my best friend was like a Green Day stand. Was always telling yeah. me how much MCR sucked ass. So I was like, well, Green Day sucks ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a whole thing. Yeah. I always thought Green Day were posers, except for Dookie, because that album fucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I was a little more familiar with uh, Offspring than Green Day, and it was probably because of films. Because, like, they, you know, there's that late 90s thing where it's just, like, any sort of teen, slightly genre movie would just have... Like, I mean, they were in Idle Hands, and, like, dudes playing the Ramones and get right. scalped. That was actually, like, the greatest part yeah. of the movie. Just fucking dude from Osprey getting his head ripped open. That's <laughs> into it. Um, you know. God, I really blew any cred I had on this one, didn't I? How do I reestablish my cred? Yeah, um, pulled back the My bell. Spotify rap said that Hole was my number one band last oh, year, so, okay. which I also feel is, like, a, like, indirect, like, DSM diagnosis, but... <laughs> <laughs> Like many, I had a year. (laughs) Yeah, I had a year. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm glad that I'm not on Spotify because I I would look at my year-end... Like, when I see my year-end letterbox list, I'm just like, I'm going to go lie in the rain for a while. Yeah, they've they've been warning. They're like, it's coming. If you want to revisit 2020, (laughs) go here now. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, fuck. (laughs) Well, the thing is, I always just have shuffle on, and so I'm like, really... It's it's the algorithms right. wrapped. It's not necessary. I mean, I choose the songs that are on it, but it, it'll be like, today's a very, like, Dresden Dolls heavy day. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, I love that. When, 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 like, I first met you, it was just like, oh, what kind of music are you into? Like, we, we had a couple common things, and you are just like, I also like, like, you know, carnival music that they would play at some kind of asylum. I like dark cabaret. <laughs> yeah. It's like, if there's an accordion and, like, questionable, like... Okay, so you're describing <laughs> stolen babies, specifically. I don't fucking know, Carnival sure. music with an accordion. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I, I'm one to talk, because I, like I said, you know, I, I think I ruined the Killer Instinct Super Nintendo game soundtrack CD with how much I spun that shit in art class. Oh, man. I had, like, three CDs. It was sad. <laughs> And then my brother was like, oh, he has, like, terrible taste. And it's just like, oh. And then it turns out it's like, no, he had, like, all the Smashing Pumpkins albums and stuff like that. Just like, yeah, it's such terrible taste, that fucking guy. (laughs) Good times. Uh, But I guess since we did talk about a movie that's there, there's a strong pull of the concert thing. Did anyone get, like, into, like, the going to these punk shows sort of music scene? Or is it sort of enjoyed and afar? Because I know you really, like, dug on that. Like, Hottest Chicks in Metal tour. <laughs> that was, yeah, that, that was fun. I skipped my grade nine grad to yeah. go to go to that. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was great. I was Who's there. Who playing? Uh, Lacuna Coil was headlining, and then Stolen Babies in the Gathering opened for, like, it was a solid, that was the first show I ever went to where I was like, oh, opening bands can be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
yeah, it, it's such a mixed bag. Sometimes it's like, wow, a bunch of bangers, and other times you're like, please stop. I just, yeah. just want to go home. Yeah. I don't even want to see the concert. <laughs> just let me out. I'll go out the back. Mm. Yeah. Uh, how about yourself? Yeah, like, for me, I I went to concerts for sure, like, like Bring Me the Horizon, like, brand new and oh, stuff yeah. when I was, mm-hmm. and, like, when I was, like, 16, I saw, like, Henry Rollins, like, stand-up and stuff like that, but oh, I that really kind of got into, like, the local scene, um, yeah. like, when I turned 18 and then subsequently, like, ended up starting a band and just kind of, like, finding, like, a community, even though, like, not really, and, yeah, so... I guess, yeah, I went to shows every weekend of my life for four years. Oh, wow. Um, so I'd say, yeah, I guess. Yeah, you really got into it, yeah. I, I had, like, a brief period where I went to shows constantly. Otherwise, it'd be, like, like one a year was solid for me. I think my first show I saw was, like, in grade 12. I don't remember the band. My <laughs> friend had tickets and was like, hey, let's go. I remember uh, my first. I can't remember if I was in grade 7 or grade 8, but I think I was grade 7. System of a Down. <laughs> now, the first one I bought tickets to, and this is like, you know, it's kind of like, ugh, back then, well, I don't know, very dad rock, but even <laughs> now, in 2021, it's just like, oh, oof. <laughs> I went and saw uh, Eric Clapton. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't as, I mean, at that point, he, he was violently racist in public, we just didn't know, because it was also before social, social media, media yeah. and all yeah. that. Um but so they, yeah, they really... maybe just be like, oh, we're just going to choose not to publish this. I was just, uh, I just wanted to, you know, to see him play cocaine for 10 minutes. And I was like, <laughs> that's why I'm here. Um, but there was a year where, uh, did you ever go to New City on Jasper? Um, no. Probably wasn't okay, yeah, not yeah, really. I don't think I was old enough. Yeah, because they closed down and then they moved to uh, White Ave. But when so they like, I think on... when I turned 18, it was on White Ave. Oh, okay. Like, I remember driving yeah. by it. I used to go with a friend uh, that we were both in our sort of dirtbag era in terms of just being <laughs> depressed and drinking all the time. And we'd go there, and they had Lucky Extra for, like, two bucks a can or something. Oh, so we would just, like, we would just load the table up with cans. Like, we'd get two at a time, and we'd just be sitting there drinking them until the opener went on. And then only sort of able to stand would go into the mosh pit and just get the shit rocked out of us. <laughs> it was actually not terrible, you know, as long as we didn't go that hard. Um, had some fun experiences, like the time my uh, one of my best friend's dad, who is like a chartered accountant, very buttoned-up guy, was at the Buzzcocks show and just greened the fuck out. Just, <laughs> like, he had a seizure mid-mosh pit. Oh he started God. seizing and fell over, and we're just like, did he fucking die? Like, it's so freaked out. <laughs> And then, like, when they finally got him up and got him air, and I was like, what happened? Like, my friend's freaking, like, oh, my God, did he just have an aneurysm and stuff? He's just like, I should not have smoked that much weed. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, cool. Um, and I think I also saw uh, the Dickies there. This was also before they had their meltdown of being, like, psychotics mm. in public. Uh, and that was fun because I was right at the front of the mosh pit, between the stage and the mosh pit, and by the end of it, I was like, oh, I feel a bit beat up. I was like, there's just blood all oh over my, my shirt because I just had a huge gash from the stage <laughs> in my chest. Christ. I still have a bit of a hole there from that, so that was fun. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, there was that period where every weekend we'd just go see... It was actually a good summer, too, for as far as, like, bigger bands were Actually, playing at least ones i heard of like we got to go see jello biafra and that was a lot of fun uh buzz cops buzz cops yeah we're the buzz cops. <laughs> <laughs> don't do drugs kids <laughs> um yeah it was pretty good and then i always missed the concerts i really wanted to go to mm-hmm. here like uh 
uh, Starlight Room had Savages playing with Head Moon mm. City opening, but like wow. I was just out of the hospital. It's like I can't stand it up. <laughs> yeah. like, I would die if I go, so right. I have to miss it. Poser. <laughs> so poser. It's just like yeah, it's just like, it's like bleeding everywhere. It's like oh, my stitches are popping. Um, yeah. Okay, well, best quote from, like, a punk movie is SLC Punk, and, like... I fucking love that movie. <laughs> I rewatched it pretty recently, like, I'd say a couple of months ago, and just, like, yeah, like, only posers fall in love, like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, that movie's so good, you need to watch that Yeah, movie. That, I saw that at a time that just wrecked me, because, like, it was when all of my friends had essentially moved off and had lives, and I still didn't know what I was doing with my life, and just, like, the way the trick of that movie, it was just, like too real (laughs) just so depressing but great movie yeah i guess the last punk movie i watched i think green room is repo man Mm. always put that on and uh who knew that the repo code didn't include getting vaccinated at least that's what's going on with Amelia (laughs) these days (laughs) yeah he's hard enough that he'll pour beer out on the carpet but not hard enough that he'll do the bare minimum to keep his job (laughs) yeah what's he gonna do well We've really spent the last, like, 20 minutes way away from Green Room, but, yeah, yeah, if you haven't seen Green Room, it's amazingly good. Um, I guess one other thing I did want to mention about it that I thought was really, it's a nice synthesis of this, is I often see, like, when people, like, in online and social media spaces, when horror debates come up, there's always that age-old question. It was, like, would you rather a movie have gore or suspense, as if they are, like, mutually Mutually exclusive exclusive kind of thing? And all the people, I'm just, like, watch some French movies from like the last 20 years and you'll see they both work perfectly and i think this movie is a good example of that too because it's it's nasty but yeah my mom i was telling my mom we're gonna watch and she's like would i like it and i'm like i think so (laughs) did you ever end up watching it not yet she she was just like uh i was having a shitty day so i just didn't put it on but yeah it's not like fun fun horror yeah it's not a feel-good movie It's not necessarily a feel bad movie, but it's a it's a feel. Yeah. It's a feel something. Yeah, feel, feel the feels. Yeah, she really turned a corner where it was just like, oh, I don't like movies that are too gross, and then it's just like we're just like watching the Evil Dead remake together. And it's like the uncut version. Yes, tongue splitting gets me off. Yeah, that sounds. Yeah, that like sounds that. like your mom. <laughs> um, but yeah, this was fun. Thank you so much for joining us again. Uh, it's been too long since. Uh, so yeah, if you ever have any like movies that you're burning to talk about just hit us up because yeah invite me back anytime cool cool <laughs> uh did you have anything you wanted to plug that you're working on now or um no okay <laughs> where can we f- people find you if they want to um i can be found on instagram at symbol and i see six 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 l e or you could just email me boychucknicole at gmail.com cool so, uh, yeah, I guess that brings us to the end. Yeah. Uh, oh, did... Desert Island bands? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess that's how we've got to end this one. Um, yeah. Do you want to go first, or...? Yeah. Okay, my Desert Island band would be The National. Nice. How about you? I think my Desert Island band, at least in part for the sake of variation, would be Pink Martini. 
Okay. Not very punk of me, <laughs> but I never claimed no, to be. No, so you're, you're like when they reveal they're real. Yeah, <laughs> just like yeah. they're really good live. Yeah. They're really talented yeah, we saw musicians. Them at, uh, Royal Royal. Albert Hall, yeah, like, yeah, that was yeah, interesting. And we had, and it was it was China Forbes' birthday, and Rufus Rain- Wainwright showed up and sang a song with them. Because right. <laughs> when you go to concerts in big cities where people exist, people actually show yeah. up. Stuff yeah. like that happens. <laughs> like the time uh, I almost went to Mud Honey, I was like, eh, I'll skip it, whatever. And then like Eddie Vedder showed up and they played MC Five songs. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I also had the issue of like, oh, I don't know what to pick, and. Uh, I guess for most consistency of I can listen to them anytime, I'll probably say Screaming Females. Nice. I almost said Nick Cave, but then I was just like, every once in a while I'm just not in the mood to have yeah. like Ulysses belted in my ear Valid. or something. Yeah, I'm just like, is that really what you want to listen to alone on a desert island? Yeah, just, like, just all sitting, by yourself. sitting there, it's just like... 12 minutes into talking about some, like, ruffian that he shot. At least Pink Martini, I'm like, oh, today I'm going to learn Croatian or something. Because right. I sing in all the languages. Yeah. Well, I guess that's that, right? That's that. I think so. Cool. Thanks for joining us. This was episode 88 of Queer Horror Cult Podcast. Take it easy and keep it sleazy.